Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. For the next several months, let's just focus on doing everything we can to help our clients. And let's just focus on these relationships. And within a couple of months, the sales started going back up. When other organizations in the same industry were not having that experience, I got really interested in, you know, how is it that clients decide to buy? It really tweaked my interest. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Natalie Doyle Oldfield. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, thank you. Nice I to am be here. super excited to have you here today, Natalie, because your area of expertise is so unique and so critical to the growth of companies and small companies, meetings, all companies uh, for success. But I'd like to get to that a little bit after we talk a bit about your journey to getting there because um as with most people you started with a real job tell me about that <laughs> well yes i did and uh it has been a journey that's a really good word wendy um several years ago i was working in um an it company in a software company and i was the person responsible as a VP of marketing. And in that role, um, I looked after everything from product management to product of, um, program management and communications and public relations. And I loved, loved that role. And I had an amazing team. And my manager, the CEO at the time, he, he was always asking me to move on and look after sales. And I really didn't want to do that, Wendy, because I love my job. <laughs> um, quite honestly, I, I didn't want the accountability of looking after sales and the team. However, I loved working with customers and I, which is why I, I'm pretty sure he suggested I do it. And, I, and not only did I love working with them, I loved finding out what was important to them, what their priorities were, and I loved, you know, serving them. So, you know, he kept asking me to do it. And finally, um, I said, yes. And I, you know, the biggest thing that held me back is not only did I not want the accountability, Wendy, but really... I didn't want to fail. That was the truth of it. And because I'd had a successful career and in sales, right? You, yeah. you, it's very transparent. Well, and there's so many numbers. It's, it's like you yeah. either do or you don't, right? Right. And I, I fundamentally believe that none of us want to be sold to. Mm. I, I, 
I fundamentally believe that. So anyhow, we fast forward, I took the job, it was in August of 2008, and we were selling software worldwide to the hospitality and convention center industry. And then the market crashed and we had the biggest financial crash in um, decades. Mm. And what happened to us is similar to what happened to many companies. And that is um, our sales plummeted and people stopped going to hotels and conferences and all that stuff. So, you know, I was here in this new job, didn't know what to do. So I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was I started looking around and talking to people that were very successful in leading sales teams. And um, they all, you know, I said, what courses should I take? You know, what should I do? And they all kind of gave me the same answer, the ones that were the most successful. And they said, you know, Natalie, there's no process. There's no, there's no real nugget. It's, it's not about doing this and doing that and then closing people. It's all about building strong relationships with people. Yeah. So as chief marketing officer of this company, I worked with my team and we, I said, okay, you know what, for the next several months, let's just focus on doing everything we can to help our clients and let's just focus on these relationships. And within a couple of months, the sales started going back up. When other organizations in the same industry were not having that experience. So we, I got really interested in, you know, how is it that clients decide to buy? It really um, tweaked my interest. And I had been teaching part-time in local universities for many years. And, and um, a couple of years later, I went back to school and I decided to do my graduate research. And so I did my master's in communications and public relations at Mount St. Vincent University. And I went in with the question of how is it that clients decide to buy? And it didn't take very long for me to realize that it all comes down to trust. And then I started reading all the academic literature and talking to clients about it, still while working full-time as chief marketing officer. I didn't and realize it was concurrent. Oh, wow. Yes, it was concurrent. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very exciting because then I did some primary research while doing my grad, my master's and built a framework of how best practices of how companies should build trust and best practices around all the different tools and models. And then what I did is I actually tested it. So I created a proprietary framework and a measurement diagnostic for so what you're saying is through your research and all the work you've done you've actually developed a tool that measures trust yes okay yes. what who gets measured how does it get measured all that good stuff so it it's still 
was part of my journey. Um, so I, while I was still doing my graduate research and I'm realizing here are all the best practices because I spoke with and met with business leaders in North America and in Europe to do this. And I realized, you know, with my practical business hat on, what gets managed is measured. Yes. What gets measured can be managed. So I had this in the back of my mind that mm. in order for this to really be practical and for business owners and business leaders to learn how to apply this, we need to really make it practical. So I created, like, like I mentioned, this measurement diagnostic. I call it the client trust index. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, and then I did graduate. And then I continued to do all this research um, and uh, tested it with a sample size of about 90,000 people um, with companies in various industries. And uh, how it works is uh, I work with a company to look at what their, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. And it's a survey instrument, Wendy. So um, we survey clients, stakeholders, partners. Currently, as an example, I'm working with a company right now, and we're measuring the client's trust in them, and we are focused on their clients. I've worked with other companies where we focus on clients, partners, wholesalers, dealers, distributors. It's whoever they serve. Does it matter what role the person is? Like, so you said dealers, suppliers, clients, et cetera. Are the factors that affect trust the same on each of those, for each of those um, targets or I, I, I'm. Yeah. yeah so, okay. So, so if we, if, so while I was doing all this research and building these best practices, like I said, I built this framework. And I got so excited about it that I started testing it in the real world, mm -hmm. in the business environment. And I, like I said, I created this framework and a model and the eight principles of trust. Ooh, okay. And when you apply the methodology and the system to your business, mm -hmm. you build trust. So I got so passionate about this because I was seeing the results of clients that I actually wrote a book about it. It's called The Power of Trust, How yes. Top Companies Build, Manage, and Protect It. And uh, then I started doing seminars and, and workshops and teaching people how to build trust. And that's what's so amazing about this, Wendy, is once you learn how to do it, Mm -hmm. it, it's a skill that can be learned. You can apply it to your business. Right. And, and it, so you can apply it to your relationships with distributors, with dealers, with clients, with customers, with employees. And the eight principles of trust, it's been proven in this research with science and evidence are in fact at the heart of how we decide to trust. How is trust related back to top line? Great question. How is it related to top line? Well, it, it, it drives it, Wendy. So it, it's if you have trust, 
you have partnerships. If you don't have trust, you do not have a new partner. You do not have a sale. So without trust, there is no client, right? As I said, we all buy from people we trust. Yeah. And I do have a fundamental belief that none of us want to be sold to. However, a benefit of having the trust of your customers, having the trust of your partners, of your stakeholders, is you are rewarded with more revenue, more referrals, customer retention, all of these things. Trust drives top line revenue. And it, it's, it also drives the bottom line. So and when talk we, more about that. Well, so not only does it drive your, your outcomes with the top line and it drives revenue, but internally, when you have a culture that's focused on customers and focused on trust, your team, your colleagues, your, your shop, your manufacturing plant, your firm is more productive. You're more innovative. There are several statistics out there that show that trust is actually the key ingredient to a high performance team. In fact, Google did a study of 180 teams several years ago, and they looked at all the characteristics of high performing teams. And what they found is that trust is the key ingredient. Mm. And what's so exciting about that is you can actually learn how to build trust. I work with companies to help them build trust within their team, not only to drive the productivity and the engagement, but also the collaboration. And let's face it, when everyone knows that everyone on your team has your back, when everyone on your team is, is playing their role, when you're all swimming in the same direction or rowing in the same direction, or you're all going for the net. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I was automatically going to sports analogies in my head yeah. and teams I've played on that we really? all knew everyone knew what they were doing, what a difference yeah. it made. Yeah. And so, it, so actually teams and sports is a great analogy. You know, if you look at some of the most successful sports teams, they all have something in common. They have a culture of trust. And there are many examples of teams that did not have the highest skill level. Right. Yeah. However, they were very successful. Right. The, the hockey team in Las Vegas, as an example. Yeah. You're getting specific, Natalie. Go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a great example. So they started a team. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it, it was seen as sort of the underdog because the people that joined the team, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, being too specific here, but the people that joined the team were not the first pick. Right. However, you know, they made it to um, the finals for the Stanley Cup. There's an article that came out in McLean's magazine this week. Uh, about uh, a new book that Marc Messier uh, has coming out. And he talks about the significance of trust on the team and connecting with each of the players. So not only does it drive the top line, it also drives the bottom line. Mm. And 
Um, with respect to the bottom line, it's, it's actually the foundation. Trust is the foundation of every successful company. How long does it take to build trust, Natalie? Well, that's a great answer. And <laughs> a question, it's a great question. And the answer is, it depends. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. If, everyone's, is, if everyone is, wants to, mm-hmm. is it a quick, is it like, it takes us a few weeks, it takes us a year, to, you know, it's obviously so, a longer term process. So that's a great question. How long does it take to build trust? For some folks, it's relatively quickly. For others, it takes a little bit of time. You know, one of the things that I love about trust and the work that I do with individuals and teams and business owners is that, like I said, it is a learned skill. Mm -hmm. You can learn how to build trust relatively quickly. However, we need to strive to always be building trust because you don't just earn it and then take your foot off the gas. We need to keep working on it all the time, right? We need Mm -hmm. to be um, deliberate and apply the principles and the characteristics and the behaviors and the actions on a continual basis. Yeah, absolutely. The the eight measures of trust, you measure them through uh, through the surveys and things like that. So you actually put together a report that indicates what how the levels of each of those. Yes. Um, do you have benchmarks as well that kind of say in your industry, or is it that's something that can be built over time? I'm assuming that the trust in your industry is around here. Here's where you're at. Yes. So we we do have some. Yeah. Um, we're building those. So I would say, no, we don't really have benchmarks. However, mm-hmm. I, I, I have worked with a number of companies that <clears throat> are in ranges. Yes. And uh, so we've worked with manufacturing companies and there's a range in that industry. Uh, insurance companies, professional services firms, pipelines, um, digital media agencies, uh, a variety of different companies. And um, what's, what's interesting is what comes out of that in that companies always learn more about their clients mm-hmm. than they ever thought possible. And we, we find, uh, you know, the gaps, the strengths, the weaknesses, what they need to work on, what they don't need to work on. And um, it's, it's actually a very interesting um, journey for companies. I imagine. Well, anytime you ask somebody something about yourself, <laughs> you have to be prepared for any answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's tough, right? It's yeah. brave to do this, I would expect, as a company. You know what? That's a great, uh, it's a great point, Wendy. It is brave. And so I always, you know... When you say that, I think about one of my clients, um, his name is Mark, and he is the owner, co-owner of a manufacturing company. They have three different plants across Canada. And um, 
the very first time we met, he, we were introduced to a mutual friend mm-hmm. and we met for coffee at a local coffee shop in um, downtown Toronto. And he shared with me that, you know, he was meeting me because he realized that the customer experience was slipping. And that's why our friend introduced us. Trust is the foundation of an extraordinary customer experience. If you don't have trust, you can't start to deliver a great customer experience. So anyhow, we were meeting and we started talking and um, really at the end of this conversation, he said, you know, the, the biggest challenge for me is I've got this great company. It's one of Canada's best managed companies, Wendy, and things are going great. And from the outside, we've got great customers, great suppliers, and um, employees are very motivated. However, the sales are down in one region, and we don't know why. And we know that it must be something to do with the customer's experience there. So it is a leap of faith. He did invest and it does take courage to look in the mirror and see what's happening. And they invested. Um, We surveyed their customers. They got a trust equity score. And what we found when we segmented the data is that customers in one area of the country did have a lower trust equity score than in other areas. And then when we peeled the onion back and dug a little deeper, we found out what behaviors needed to change in this area. And what was so amazing and and interesting to your point about the courage is that several folks in his organization said, you know what, I I don't think we need to do that. And in fact, I think that the issue is we haven't done a great job communicating. It's never a communication issue, Wendy. I have a master's in communication. It's always a trust issue. Someone okay. said, we have a marketing issue. We haven't you know, given them the tools. We haven't done much new collateral. We haven't been at trade shows. It's never a marketing issue. Mm-hmm. It's always a trust issue. And so the data came back And with now the data and the evidence, and we analyzed it with the segments, we learned, like I said, what they need to change. And then within about, I'd say about six months after we did some group coaching and all virtual now, by the way, and some training, now the area of the country where the sales were down they're, the, they're at the very top because these folks learned how to apply the principles of trust, how to take the tools in our toolkit to build, strengthen, and renew these relationships with their customers. Okay, I'm dying to know, what are the principles of trust? <laughs> well, <laughs> so at a very high level. <laughs> We, uh, we only have so much time, but okay, I will, yeah. but I will share with you, um, you know, there are eight principles of trust, um, and it is a step-by-step process. You know, okay. it starts with listening, Wendy. It starts with listening carefully with empathy and compassion and questioning involving clients 
in conversations and in decisions that affect them. So, you know, it's, that's the start, right? Okay. It starts with connecting and listening. And, um, you know, in, in the work that I do with clients, it's, it's always amazing to me that we all think we're great listeners and yet we can all improve in that area. Mm. And, you know, most of most people I work with think, you know, that we're very empathetic towards other folks and we're very compassionate. However, it's another area we can all learn to be more diligent in. And, um, so it, that's where it starts, depending on what industry you're in, I would suggest that there's some principles that might be important, more important than others. Okay. You know, the, the biggest one I would say for most companies right now, at this stage, uh, in the business environment, meaning, you know, sort of post sort of post COVID, hybrid, virtual, hybrid. <laughs> you know, I, I was on a call yesterday with a client who said, you know, we're now in an endemic. Mm. And um, I would say that, that the most important principle to focus on right now is about acting in the client's best interest. And when we do that and, and really show that we are motivated to help them and our intentions are all about them and providing value mm -hmm. we will win we always win when we do the right thing and act in someone else's best interests um do you think it's harder to build trust when we have when we're operating virtually you know client meetings on zoom teams things like that versus in person um there are a few more barriers so uh -huh. is it is it harder? No, okay. there are more, there are more barriers, Wendy. Uh, the same model, the same principles, the same system applies. It's about uh, tweaking them, right? Just just like you know, if we were in a different uh, world, we might be face to face. Uh -huh. We've we are still doing this. We've adapted it to have this conversation over zoom 10 years ago we would sit in a room together and maybe even five years ago or two years ago right <laughs> yeah for sure right yeah um okay so i'd like to shift gears just a little bit and talk go back to the journey for a second from okay. employed employed with the going to school and now entrepreneur who has kind of taken the all the intellectual property they made and turned it into their life's work and their passion. But you are in the business now. Yeah. Has that been hard? Like what was your biggest challenge through that time frame? Well, one of my clients, um, he calls me a trailblazer. So, um, you know, I think for any business owner that is, you know, pioneering in a new industry, there are challenges. Mm -hmm. um, it's been extremely rewarding, Wendy. I, I have to say. Um, it was worth it. Totally. I mean, I, I now, you know, I always believed, I always believed that trust was a key issue for companies. In fact, I always believed that it was critical and that, the most successful companies would 
focus on it and they would manage it and measure it. And when I started Success Through Trust eight years ago, I did truly believe that this was the most critical asset a company had. And I do believe the trust is an asset and the trust equity you have is critical. What I didn't realize then, Wendy, and I do know now is that it's actually the issue of our time. It's, it's actually more important than I ever imagined it would be. Yeah. And, you know, we don't need to go very far to look, you know, every day there's a new story in the headlines of the news yes. about trust. It can make or break a company. It is, it is at the heart of every single company's success. And, you know, so when you, when you ask that question, um, I, I think that, you know, one of the most important lessons that I've learned is just how big this issue is. And it, you know, not only is it a leadership imperative, it's, it's a skill that everyone in the company needs to learn. And when you learn that skill of how to build relationships of trust, it can change the whole trajectory of a company. It can change the whole trajectory of someone's career. Yeah. It, it strikes me as it's a very EQ type of thing. Emotional intelligence uh, would be tied to how successful you are with building trust to some it's degree. Certainly, it's certainly part of it. Yeah. And so, you know, the, it really it comes, so it comes down to three factors to build trust. Mm -hmm. It's about how we communicate, how we behave, and how we serve. And so nice. out of that come the eight principles. Yeah. And so can you say those again, how we, how we communicate, yes. how we behave and how we serve. Okay. And so you can see, I have my hands together like a triangle, yeah. right? There are three sides to a triangle, mm -hmm. right? And so each of those is equally important. Yes. Yes. So if, if you, if you think about um, a relationship you might have with one of your colleagues, yeah. one of your colleagues, if they, they communicate in, um, a clear, open, transparent manner with you mm -hmm. and they, they always are open and honest and share with you all the facts yeah. about a situation, you're much more likely to trust them. Mm -hmm. However, if they behave in a way that's not that consistent and they come in on Monday morning and one Monday they're in a great mood and another Monday they're in a terrible mood and they're just not that predictable and you don't know who you don't know who or what you're going to get and they don't walk the talk. They may say something, but do yep. something totally different. They're not accountable for what they do. That behavior is not trustworthy. Right. However, if they serve you, and I do believe that customers are everyone we serve. So that could be your colleagues. It could be someone in another department. It could be your supplier. It could be a client, a stakeholder. 
And if, if you serve them in a way that's acting in their best interest, and you serve them in a way that's open, honest, and transparent, and you show them your vulnerability, and you are doing the right thing for them, you're much more likely to trust. Right. Actions um, speak louder than words, but words are important too. <laughs> always, always. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, you know, getting back to your question, um, it, it truly is, is significant in that everyone from the front line to the back office, to the leader at the top, the business owner, the CEO, when everyone is focused on building a culture of trust and yep. everyone is focused on building relationships of trust, it, it affects the top line and the bottom line. Exactly, which of course is close to our hearts. Um, question for you then, what, I wanna go a little bit into how you get your clients. Um, Cause here's what I'm picking up is that you have a passion, you have depth of uh, knowledge in the subject matter, you have done, built tremendous tools that are proprietary. And, you know, you've done, you've done a book, but you're also have been recognized uh, as one of the top trust leaders in the world. Um, tell us more about that. And then how do you get clients? Cause you have clients from all over the place, correct? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This, uh, this award that you've received for five years in a row, uh, one of the few Canadians to get it. Tell us about that. Well, um, that is from an organization called Trust Across America, Trust Around the World. And um, it's awarded uh, by two people who are focused in this area. And, um, you know, I, as, as you know, this is 100% of what I do. I'm on a mission to help business owners and leaders grow their businesses, Wendy. And I do that by helping them advising them how to build relationships of trust and loyalty and create extraordinary customer experiences to drive their revenue, retain more clients, um, and, uh, you know, increase their recommendations. Yeah. So um, when you ask, how do I get clients? I'm very fortunate. Um, a lot of clients find me and um, you know, I have one client that, uh, as an example, that uh, found me online um, and they put in, typed in, you know, achieving a trusted vision. So interesting. very interesting. Another client found me because they typed in, I want to become a trusted advisor. And, um, you know, I, I meet with clients because, um, and find them from doing things like this. I've mm -hmm. been very fortunate and have been asked to speak to different groups of business owners and um, meet with them different parts in the world. And, uh, you know, typically what happens is that's how I meet a lot of these folks. And, um, you know, I'm really fortunate because the clients that I work with are very successful. I mentioned many of them are, you know, they, they are best managed companies. They're very successful and they, they know that when you focus on trust, 
you get a competitive edge, Wendy. Yeah. You get a competitive edge. And, um, you know, one of my programs that I have as an example, it's a six week online virtual program. And there are different people from different organizations in this program. And, and, you know, over the six week period, we go through how to learn how to build trust. And we talk about everything from communication and behavioral styles, because that's really important to your point about, you know, emotional intelligence, uh, communication and behavioral styles and being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this program, it's, you know, the folks that have joined this, they all have the same thing in common. And that is, they all want to excel in their relationships with their customers, with their clients. And um, they, they all have visions of providing an extraordinary experience to their customer. Mm-hmm. They have goals of being the one their customers turn to, mm-hmm. to being known as a trusted advisor to their clients. And I really believe that you can be a trusted advisor even when you are serving someone in another department. Yes. So it's not just external. And it's a, you know, what's so interesting is in and fascinating is it's it's such a big area. Hmm. Right. I mean, I, I had a client the other day share with me that after after we did a presentation, so I presented to this company that has colleagues across Canada. Mm-hmm. And when we did the debrief after, um, he said, you know, I always knew trust was important. What I didn't realize is that you actually broke it down in a way that's so practical that we can apply it in everything we do with our personal relationships, with our colleagues, and then externally with our clients. Mm. And it's, um, you know, it, it is, like I said, it, it is uh, critical to a company's success. Thank you so much, Natalie. Uh, Colleen, do you have any questions that you'd like to ask of Natalie? Yay, yeah. hello. <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed this. I made actually a lot of notes. Well, I don't know that I have questions. I do have comments though. And um, you've just really solidified a lot of the thinking that we have used in our in my company about um, how to create and keep a very satisfied and loyal com- uh, customer. Yeah. And that is trust. Yes. Um, our one of our slogans is peace of mind. We we don't fix leaky basements. We give peace of mind, and yeah. um, and that's how you do it is by creating a team that trusts each other because they have to have each other's back. Yeah. And um, customers who trust that you're going to deliver what you say you will. Most of the time, they don't want all the details. It used to be people wanted to know what are the ingredients in the products you're using and no, today people don't. They just know that they want their problem fixed. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so all these theories, your eight principles, everything you've said, um, like they're gold. 
<laughs> they're true and they work. So well, they do. And, and I appreciate you sharing that Colleen. I, they are true when they are work, they do work. And what's, uh, what is significant for us to remember for all of us as business owners is that people buy from people they trust. Mm -hmm. And here in Canada, 81% of people pay more for products and services that they trust. Mm -hmm. Worldwide, 54% of people pay more for products and services they trust. Absolutely. So, so if we That's just fascinating think, statistic. Yeah. So if we just think about the products and the services and the companies we work with, right? We are we are willing, and I say we, 81% of Canadians are willing to pay more for a product or service they trust. We go out of our way to work with, buy from, support people we trust. And we also recommend companies we trust. On the flip side, it's critical because people are very quick to share stories of companies and products that they distrust. Very quick to tell everyone they know. It, it's really truly is uh, the bottom line for <laughs> company. It is, Wendy. It truly it really is. It really is. It, it is, it is the most important thing that we should be focused on. And, you know, for business owners, it starts at the top and it cascades throughout the entire organization, right? Everyone in a company, starting with the business owner, starting with the leader has a part to play in the customer's decision to buy from you, to work for, with you, to support you. And, you know, we haven't got into retention strategies, but it's, it's also a way to retain your clients and your employees. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Natalie, how do people get a hold of you? Well, a couple of ways. Um, you can find me on successthroughtrust.com. You can find me and I would encourage you to um, connect with me on LinkedIn, just under Natalie Doyle Oldfield. And you can find my book, The Power of Trust, How Top Companies Build, Manage and Protect It on Amazon. And, um, you know, you can also connect with me directly through my website. That's awesome. Thank you again for your time, Natalie. And the real bottom line today is trust can be your competitive advantage. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.